Scene one, Apple, take one. Hey everyone, I'm Shane Borza and welcome to another episode of Film Notes. I'm really excited to reconnect with a friend of mine from Australia whose name is Cameron Dunn. We met when I was in film school there and working in the industry. He is a makeup and effects artist. And I'm really excited to have him talk more about that and how he got into the industry and what he's doing now. So without further ado, Cameron, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about what you're doing. I'm Cameron, I'm a makeup and effects artist. Um, so I've been doing um, makeup and effects work for, I think it's about 13, 14 years now. I think it's just going on to 14. Started doing that originally um, just after I finished high school. I um, was just doing little films and stuff for my friends and I thought, oh, this would be, um, you know, so we can make some better stuff. I'll learn a bit of this. So I went off, did like a little, oh, this is how you do a basic injury. Very quickly, I was like, this stuff's really awesome. So then quickly went off, did a course on it, which I ended up learning makeup as well as the, you know, all the fun gore stuff that I've come to be known for. From there, I uh, started doing um, little short films with uh, people, film students, stuff like that. And then from there, it's, um, yeah, started working with uh, more people, other people you meet on set. Now I've hit the point where I'm now setting up my own studio and hopefully that should be complete soon and I'll be able to do some bigger projects. <laughs> now I know you said you do makeup too. So tell me a little bit more about like maybe the the uh, scope or like the breadth of things that you can do, uh, especially on like a film set. On a film set, for example, it's, um, you know, a lot of times just for um, say, you'll see someone shining on camera like I probably am on um on this at the moment so little things like that it's you know it'll be just your skin looks normal but with all the lighting and everything on there it makes someone's skin look really greasy and um like really sweaty and stuff so basically from there you know a bit of powder and stuff does the job really well then step up from that just basic makeup just to make sure your characters look more the part if you have uh, say a character who's like a bit run down or say having health effects some kind of addiction or something like that you can you know show you can show that through makeup on their face so it really enhances the actor's performance in that regard and from there you can get you know say you have your leading your leading character coming in and you just want them to look absolutely stunning obviously that's uh probably the more known area of makeup and from there it goes air things like um if someone's injured like you know even just like a cut on someone's cheek or you know missing an eye even that's like you know they're, they're two separate levels of it but the um yeah that that's where it goes from there and doing a lot of those kind of works is i actually end up getting the nickname the blood guy on a lot of sets because if someone didn't know my name they would literally just be like oh just get the blood guy to do it yeah and it got to the point where literally i've even named my company blood guy <laughs> blood guy so it's uh it, it's made it good fun on that i'm kind of glad i ended up with that kind of a reputation honestly it's really helped out and yeah like i said years upon years of doing this it's um 
yeah, it's only more fun. And yeah, the one thing I've definitely learned is uh, to never think you know how to do everything because there's always something new to learn. I want to go back to what you talked about earlier, like some of the core things. And I mean, knowing you personally, I know some of the things that you, you can do things like plasters and things like that as well. So yeah, talk a little bit more about some of that um, maybe more involved or more intricate work that you do. Uh, sometimes I, I know that it'll take a lot of prep, sometimes even before the production starts. Obviously, depending on the level of what's needed, if you have, say, someone who's just got a cut or something, you can kind of throw that together on the day, as long as you know to bring the blood stuff with you. But if you've got, say, someone's got a limb missing or, you know, you've got someone who, say, looks like a creature or some kind of monster makeup, you need to have that preparation time. You need to, especially if it's something that's getting stuck directly onto the actor, you get your best quality work with, you know, the, the, more, the earlier prep time you have, the better, really. It uh, makes life a lot easier. That way your your effects artist can actually get a make a copy of the person's face sculpt up exactly what's required on there and then from there they can um make all the pieces needed to uh put onto the actor and um then it just makes life so much easier on the day because i have been on shoots where last minute they go oh by the way can we do this and i'm stuck there looking through my kit going i can make something that vaguely looks like it but um I mean, one example was a shoot I was on where it was someone's hand was missing. Now, that was literally a decision that was made on that day, and it was very much a, oh, can you do this? And so I had to quick think on that one. I was sitting there going, well, that's, you know, seeing all these jagged bits of um, flesh and stuff sticking out. So I'm I'm very lucky the um, the performer was okay with it because I essentially had to run to the butchers. <laughs> and get some uh, meat and stuff because it was the only way I could just at last minute do that. And I mean, in, in hindsight on that one, it was probably good that it was fresh because I don't think it would smell too good otherwise. Funny enough, it did turn out all right, that one. Ideally, I would have, you know, done it with a bit more time just so it didn't look like the actor was holding something under their sleeve, which is what it did look like a bit at the end of the day with that product. But again, that was due to time constraints so yeah i mean i've always bigger been a big proponent of you know the more preparation you have the better it makes life so much easier what would be some things that you would recommend to people that may not know that if they did need some kind of makeup or effect in their shoot that would be helpful either for them to know that they may not know or for them to tell you so you could be ready i think realistically communication is the most important thing regarding that um that because i've seen plenty of times where and clarity clarity is a big one because otherwise you, you don't want to rock up to set and then and then they're sitting there going oh well i made all this and say as a director you're sitting there going well this isn't exactly what i wanted so the earlier you can sit down um even if you even if it's just a, like a little sketch kind of thing just and you know it doesn't have to be you know a work of art just enough to get the message across of going okay this is basically what i want just that extra bit of communication goes miles and especially like and there's been plenty of shoots where they just kind of go oh yeah we'll just bring in a makeup artist by the way we're shooting next week if it's basic makeup and stuff you can do that even then i would personally recommend you know more time the better because then 
like your makeup artist will have notes of exactly what's needed. Um, and it just makes everything run smoother on the day. You don't have your AD constantly going, oh, well, we're still waiting on makeup. And makeup's going, well, we didn't have prep time for this. And that's the other thing it really helps out with a lot on set time, because if the makeup artist has to essentially make up the design on the day, and they're just kind of going, uh, okay, they've got this eyeshadow, they've got this, you're not going to have um, the, the, just that little bit of time of them going, uh, okay, maybe this, maybe this could have been done in a makeup test. And that's the other thing I do recommend, actually trying to get your talent and your makeup department together just to do a makeup test beforehand. So that way the director's physically there and seeing one, how long it takes to do whichever makeup it is. Even a recent shoot I was on, and it was solid three, four months before we were shooting, but it was the only time everyone was available. And that was just doing a tattoo design and some um, injuries. It was like the guy had a swollen cheek um, and a cut, cut in his head. Like, yeah, it was basic injury kind of stuff, but it just gave that, okay, this is how long we have to do this. This is how long we have to do this. And I can tell you, guaranteed, if we didn't have that day, it would have been chaos on set. And especially because it was a relatively young crew on that one. So, you know, they weren't as experienced with going, okay, well, I've been on a million shoots where this has happened. And this is how long it takes. These were like, okay, yeah, no, we need to know. And I was very thankful for them to have that day because it just, it really made a big difference on set. Because, yeah, honestly, yeah, if you can, definitely do it. I understand there's schedule conflicts and stuff like that. But yeah, the the more you can do thing, things that will uh, help out on the day, the easier everything becomes. And also, you know, make sure there's no friction on set when uh, people are screaming over deadlines. Talk to me a little bit about what it's like being actually on the set, like when you're working and how you have either stuff you've made ahead of time, like you have to mix blood up or you have to mix makeup up, um, what you bring with you and how you're kind of like standing in the background or in the wings, kind of like waiting to come on. And then what you do when you come on, because I think a lot of people too, they think like, Oh, makeup, like they're in a trailer somewhere and someone goes there and then they come back and that's all there is to it. But you were always on set on any of the projects we worked together. And a lot of it falls under the like, you know, pride of work category as well. It's if you've got a bigger department, yeah, you can have some people in the trailer for the bigger work and stuff. And then someone just for touch ups on set, but especially on set and makeup is a um, it can be very fickle sometimes, especially with things like prosthetics. If you've got something, especially around, say, someone's mouth, um, around certain areas of their forehead, um, or um, the biggest offender is their neck. It's with that motion, because it's basically an adhesive. So if you've ever just, say, just glued two piece of, pieces of wood together and worked them apart like that, eventually it's going to come apart. Same thing goes with um, prosthetics. It's, it's a sense, like for lack of a better term, it's essentially glued down, but with stuff that's a bit better for your skin. Um, <laughs> if you look at a lot of shoots, and one of the main things is, and because I've been doing it for so long, I've watched movies, and I'll see like a little corner of the makeup is like, say, a prosthetic piece is lifting up, and I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm, my eyes are just focused on it now. Um, it's it basically ruins movies for me now because <laughs> I'll be sitting there just staring at it the whole time because 
naturally there's that bit of being in that department going, I need to fix that. I need to fix that. And the thing is, is also on set, that's why I find in between takes and stuff, if you if there's anything you've noticed, get in there immediately and do it. And I know in between takes, it is everyone is at odds trying to get to the actor to do things because the director will want to give notes to the actor. Uh, the AD will want to talk to uh, the departments uh, to, about what worked and what didn't. You want to say if you've seen the actor was starting to shine because they're sweating under the lights or, you know, say their makeup's running because they've been crying in the scene or, you know, things along those lines. And you'll want to just be like, right, I need to go in there and do this. And then you get there and it just becomes a quick negotiation. It's because, you know, first of all, you want continuity to be right. It's There's, there's nothing worse than going back on footage and stuff and going, oh, okay, they're crying, then they're not crying, then they're crying again, those kinds of things. It's, um, you definitely want it to look organic and natural because you know continuity is my nemesis <laughs> and it just gives this consistency then as well and like if say a prosthetic piece is starting to come off if you can get it when it's just that little piece it'll save you two hours work later with all the departments screaming at you because you've gotten that piece down it didn't get worse as they've done take after take after take it's You've gone, okay, do this. And it may, let, let's say you stuck it down with just a bit of liquid latex or something like that. Powdered up and everything. It's still going to look better than if you've had to take the whole piece off and apply a new one. Again, for continuity's sake, because, I mean, we're all human. You can't have things exact every single time. As much as, I, as much as I wish, you know, we all could. <laughs> because, you know, we'd be getting everything done on take one then. But yeah, just having that focus on it. And like on bigger productions, like, you know, sometimes there's the un a monitor in the makeup room and stuff. I've worked on gigs where I've actually had my own monitor. And you know, usually have really good catering on those ones too. Um, <laughs> but, you know, having those areas. And I understand, you know, budget constraints obviously you're not going to be able to afford doing it and if it's say a much smaller budget where you've got just say the director and the dp are the only ones who are able to look at the monitor and they're like you know hunched and crowded over it because they're focusing on what they need to do even just being sitting there and just staring at what's happening on there because um like you said before in say if there's a fight scene and say you're doing the aftermath of the fight scene afterwards, you can go, okay, this is what happened, this is what happened, and then this is what happened. Especially if you haven't been around for a lot of the pre-production stuff, then it just makes a massive difference. It's, yeah. Because then all of a sudden, you get, people will look at the entries and be like, oh, that'll be when this bit happened. And yeah, you just kind of get that much bigger sense of um, how it works. And as someone who now has started, you know, watching a lot of sports combat and so forth, and I'm, I'll sit there and be like, oh, okay, so that's how long it takes for this to turn red and start doing this, because, you know, it's hardwired now. It just makes a huge difference. Were you always into movies, or was it like a particular movie? Like, what, what were some of the influences that really got you into this? I've been into movies as far back as I can remember. I remember going down, like, literally all the time going with my parents down to Blockbuster Video and, 
you know, they'd have that, oh, yeah, you can hire, you know, a whole heap of, you know, like seven, eight movies for ridiculously cheap um, back then. And, yeah, just get those. And so we go, okay, yeah, it's seven movies. You know, between the three of us, we'll get X amount of movies each. And then we'll come back and watch them. And I was watching movies that, you know, tech weren't like, you know, kid-friendly when um, I was quite young. I remember being in kindergarten, I think it was, and I was talking about the Terminator movies. And all, all the other kids are like, oh, oh, what's that? And I'm like, oh, well, it's about this cyborg from the future, which, I mean, when you're saying um, movie influences, I'd probably say Terminator 2 has been probably one of, if not the biggest influence on me. I mean, Shane, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you've seen with uh, everything I've done, you've just kind of gone, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I'm laughing because I remember uh, you used to have the Terminator poster up and uh, yeah. you were such a big fan. I remember you saying, I hadn't seen it in years and you were like, it still holds up. And we, we all sat down and watched it. And I was like, yeah, it does. It still holds up. Yeah, I think there was like two shots or, it, or something in it where you go, oh yeah, that bit. And they're like really quick shots. That was probably one of the biggest influence ones and also Aliens as well. I got very into those action sci-fis at a young age. Um, so then I think it was, I think it was especially as a kid, I got really into just Arnold Schwarzenegger movies a lot. <laughs> so I started binging those heavily, which my dad absolutely loved because he was obsessed with them as well. <laughs> uh, uh, which would then, I think, and then I got the part of me that's a lot more critical about plot and so forth from my mum, who sits there going, "Oh, how'd that happen?" <laughs> But you also talked about having a studio come together. So talk to me yes. about some of the things that are coming up and what you're going to be doing or offering. And also what maybe you're bringing in new stuff, new directions. I know you've talked about kind of creating things you're going to have available for people. So, so talk yeah. about that so everybody can know. Um, yeah. For. So so eventually what I'm going to be doing with it is once I've got everything set up and running, I'm going to actually start bulk making certain pieces and so forth because i mean especially these days i think a lot of people do need that kind of good you know relatively decently priced um products because it's if you get say a makeup artist on there at the end of the day you know not the cheapest department you know you can't just pay us in food um <laughs> if you have something that's say like non-specific like you know you're not having say something that's 100% tailored to an actor's face, you can sit there and go, okay, cool. Well, you know, we need some body parts because we're doing a zombie film or this scene where this whole team's been eviscerated or, you know, something along those lines. And I'm going to be just bulk making, say, limbs and, you know, body parts and stuff like that, as well as just common things that are required for those kinds of films. Because to have them made constantly by a department does end up costing a lot of money whereas if you go okay cool i need you know 32 limbs it can you can just go okay cool ordered that booked that we've got it all and it also works because then you just can kind of factory line out a lot of the work that way because i mean the main goal of it is i want it to be easier for anyone to make a movie because i think there's a lot there's there's a huge put tool uh, there's a huge pool, <laughs> pool of talent out there. I was about to say tool of talent. Um, <laughs> there's a huge pool of talent out there. They will just, you know, and I'd want, you know, to be able to, you know, help, say, the next generation of filmmakers 
or even like, you know, and not just for filmmakers. I mean, you know, people who are just making things for YouTube or something like that, even people doing podcasts, people doing sketches and stuff like that, you know, it makes life easier for a lot of people then, as opposed to just, oh, well, we can afford this department of 30 people to factory line out what we need. They can, um, people can go, okay, we'll just buy X amount of this um, that's been pre-made. So that way, if, you know, if you've got time constraints, budget constraints, it's easy to just get that. The longest you're waiting is however it long it takes to get delivered to you, which hopefully postal services get better soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end goal is just to make movie making easier for everyone i think it's an industry that has in a lot of areas become very set in its ways um and i think there does need to be that you know push from the net from the next generation and anything that makes that easier and for everyone i think definitely will help out a lot <laughs> well the other thing i really wanted to get to before we wrap up here is I know I introduced you as a makeup effects person, but you've also been writing and you've developed some scripts and stories. So talk to me a little bit about what you're doing with that too. So basically what happened was um, when COVID kicked in and we're all in lockdown, um, naturally a lot of the projects and stuff I was working on and by a lot of, I mean, all of them uh, got shut down. And so suddenly I went from having loads of work to no work very quickly. I was like, okay, what can I do with this time that's practical? And then so I started kind of going, oh yeah, I'll just kind of start mucking around some ideas I've had kicking around in the back of my head for ages. Started writing, started writing them out, ended up um, writing a feature script in that time, um, developing a series with that as uh, that was an offshoot from that idea. And from there it's, um, yeah, I've actually developed quite, a, um, quite an interest in writing since. So it's definitely gonna continue afterwards. But it's, yeah, and just going into that, and I think it was, yeah, like I, need, like I needed that creative outlet still, especially while, um, while lockdown where I wasn't on set to, you know, or in the lab doing that or, you know, preparing anything or, you know, going over notes or, you know, even God forbid my finances. Um, <laughs> that I ended up going to the point where I'm like, okay, I need to do this. And yeah, and from there I've developed much more of um and especially coming from experience on set and writing i can turn around and be like okay yeah this would work this would work really well and i know how it's done so you know that way and i i think a lot of people especially upcoming filmmakers should learn how how other departments work because it it makes communication easier because then you can go oh yeah this and you're like oh okay but you know this way around here would that work like you know you can negotiate and talk more about things then i think it just makes life easier for everyone and yeah and that's where i've um gotten to now where i've started actually writing features and you know trying to develop a series based on it and so forth which funny enough turned out it would be a lot cheaper to make than i thought um <laughs> which i'm quite happy about but yeah it's and it's been good fun to um, do I mean obviously there's days where I sit there going like oh I don't know what I'm gonna do but you know I, I found I got to the point where you know some days I have to just force myself to do it and that's how I ended up with um, actually completed scripts because yeah if I sat there and waited for inspiration then you know I'd be four pages in still after several years <laughs> well I think that's a great note uh, ironically this is called film notes for that reason to get these <laughs> people to learn how other departments work I uh, wanted to make sure that people knew 
how to get a hold of you, where to look at some of your work, uh, if you have a website, where your studio is going to be, you know, what information can you tell people so that they can go find you? Best place to find me is through my website, which is uh, bloodguyfx.com. And that's FX, like the letters F and X. I've had people type the word effects before and <laughs> realize where the confusion begins. So yeah, bloodguyfx.com. I do have images of some of my work up there um, and just basics of what I can do. I've also got my Instagram, which is camerondunfx.com. Oh, not .com. <laughs> Sorry, at camerondunfx. <laughs> Needless to say, my Instagram is a bit um, neglected be, uh, due to, um, well, busyness. <laughs> and also everyone's favorite non-disclosure agreements. Yeah, those are the two best methods to contact me on. And, you know, if you do send me something uh, or even just have a question regarding how something could be done, I'm more than happy to help out and, you know, give you an answer or anything if need be. I know this because we did it together, but behind you on the wall are the pictures from the lesbian western and the broken movies that we did together and yes. so i'll put the link in that uh for that uh so you'll see it on the screen when this interview comes out because uh, that's a great way to see some of what cameron's work is also i really want to give you a shout out there because one of the film festivals marshall con which i think was 2016 we were nominated for best makeup and effects which you did so Thank you. Uh, I really want people to take a look at some of your work on your site yeah. and your Instagram, but also uh, to check out that movie, which I'm really proud of. And it was one of my favorite things I've ever done in like almost oh, 10 years. I 100% uh, I, I back that. It was one of the most fun times I've ever had on set. It was, it was great. We had a small crew. We had, you know, and it was just fun. Like we just went there and we had fun making it. And that was I the thing I took away more than anything else. It was just, you know, there was no issues. There was no dramas. It was just everything ran smoothly and we all had fun. Well, I definitely echo that. And I hope you had fun today. It was great catching up with you. Definitely. Oh, I, I great. hope that uh, you get to get back on set soon. And I can't wait to see the studio when it comes out. So thank you <laughs> no for worries. sharing some of your film notes on Film Notes. No worries at all, mate. <laughs> Thanks for watching. If you'd like to support the show, please click on the link below. You can also contact me at my website if you have any questions about filmmaking or anything else. Off to the side, you'll see a couple of my books, Film Notes and the Film Notes Workbook. I encourage you to check those out if you'd like to learn more about filmmaking. See you in the next episode. Scene one, Apple, take one.